Welcome to episode 13 of the Breakaway Fantasy Football Podcast. My guest this week, a man who turned 42 this week and one half of the Ballings duo, Gary Baker. Hello, Simon. Thank you for that timely reminder of my timely demise. <laughs> How are you, mate? I'm good. I'm good. As uh, I'm recovering from a, a night of plotting with my Ballings partner. In crime uh, on the beers last night, a little bit of fantasy football conversation about how we have not been performing particularly well. But I'm looking forward to digging into our crapness uh, in a little bit more detail today and and taking the licks as they come from you. Did you have a good birthday weekend? I saw some amazing photos of food and other things that you got up to. Yeah, it basically involved food, uh, booze, and Jersey Boys. So, uh, you know, what more can you ask for? Absolutely, mate. I was just about to say a, a typical Gary Baker weekend, but the Jersey Boys bit really threw me there. <laughs> well, you know, the pageantry, the costumes. Wow, what a musical. <laughs> oh, I love it, mate. Good, good, good to be chatting to you. And you stepped in uh, at the last minute after uh, uh, our original scheduled guest, the good doctor, uh, fell ill, um, attacked by the children's plague of having uh, a toddler, well, not even a toddler, uh, a youngster in his household, which is basically having a Petri dish right next to your face. So uh, I say that as somebody who's got an ill 10-year-old at the moment who we're trying to basically just keep away from us. And this is how I've remained so sprightly for so long. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Um, All right. So um, our regular format, not very many differences this week. Uh, We are going to do headlines. We're going to do slightly extended headlines this week. Uh, In the absence of a feature, we're going to focus in on some of this week's big matchups. And it was like a weekend for some serious, uh, serious playoff matchups um between some some really great teams so we thought we'd dig into those games a because it's relevant right and and we're talking about last week but there's a lot of fantasy relevant players in those games so we'll dig into those we'll have a look at what happened in the league how the matchups played out and we'll start to look ahead uh and think through the playoff ramifications of of this week's games because we've got this week and next week and then the playoffs uh begin and there's still a lot a lot up for grabs at this point. Uh, things are starting to shake out, but we would expect that to be the case two weeks out. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's good. Nobody's clinched a playoff spot yet. And then I think we've got a couple of questions. We'll probably try and deal with them as we go through, uh, but no special feature this week and uh, no detailed Q&A considering you stepped in uh, roughly nine hours ago or something. Yeah, that's all good. All good with me. We can just uh, yeah do a bit of a deep dive in the... Uh real world and fantasy world and obviously like it's quite a few teams on by this week like a very late buy for a lot of teams which i think is going to have an effect on fantasy playoff pushes um so it's going to be yeah quite interesting to kind of like take a little bit of a, a deeper look at what what could potentially happen yeah, if you are pushing for a, for a playoff spot, and um, all of a sudden you've got you know three or four players on a bye, this this is a this is a tough week to, for that to happen. I I think at the start of the season we called out there were a couple of people who were going to have uh, week fourteen issues, so they are coming home to roost now. Yeah, and combined with 
some injuries as well. It, yeah. Yeah. Really will put uh, a cat amongst the pigeons. Absolutely. Right, let's start off with the headlines. As I said, we're going to do some some game reviews and, and dig in some of the key players in those. And what better way to start than uh, our two teams, the Niners and the Dolphins? Um, I think, you know, you can lead off on this one, mate. Obviously, not the result that you wanted as a Dolphins fan, but it was a it was a really interesting game for a number of reasons. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's not the result that I, that I wanted. I think it was a lot closer than the than the score would suggest. Um, you know, the Finns were we were driving well, and you know, to to for a go ahead score, um, it looked like two have finally kind of got his act together. But then that the catch that wasn't a catch that was that was called back, and then the second one with um, Gaziki off the sideline, he, he obviously didn't have it under control, and that you know was then. That kind of put the uh, the kibosh on it, but uh, it, you know, obviously, Jimmy G going down was like a huge, a huge factor in the game that you would think would have swung it potentially to towards the Dolphins. But I don't know whether I don't really know what was happening. But Tua just wasn't firing. I guess you know. I think he's because he's coming off the bye. I just think he's he'd lost. They'd lost a bit of momentum, and he just wasn't quite in his groove some of his passes were a little bit high some of them were a little bit short um you know despite the fact that his first pass went for a 75 yard touchdown yeah um yeah which i sort of an exciting start to the game i thought this is this is this is going to be a, a hell of a shootout but um yeah just the the, the 49ers d is just an incredible unit um Giving him absolutely no time um, on the ball. He's, uh, you know, Joe Bose is just, his pass rush is just unbelievable. The amount of pressure he was getting on onto Tua. Our defensive our defense is not great. Our offensive line is not particularly great. We obviously had two of our offensive linemen injured in that, like, that didn't start the game. So, yeah, it was, it was unlucky, but obviously it, it's going to be interesting moving forwards for the 49ers. I don't know, you know, Jimmy G's uh, injury is, is going to have an impact on their playoffs. I, you know, I, I still think yeah. they should make it. I think it's going to make, you know, the Christian McCaffrey trade becomes even more important. The, the number of, I think, even though Mr. Irrelevant, uh, he... Uh, did play he played really well i thought he came came on and like and did did well but you you've got to believe that they're going to probably start leaning more on the run short passes which could potentially in a fantasy in for fantasy could be good for debo good for yeah. cmc it might impact negatively brandon ie because i'm not sure whether they will go deep as often um so it'll be it'll be interesting to see you know whether it was just a kind of Chucked in at the deep end, performed really well, but when it's actually got a whole game to manage and the adrenaline of just a, sort of being kind of put put into into action straight away, kind of, um, he's not in that position next week. Maybe maybe it'll be different and he'll make he'll make a few more errors. But with with the defense like that, the 49ers, you know, defenses win championships and that and the, your D is is elite. 
Um, as for as for the Dolphins, obviously, I still believe that. I think two, it was an off week for Tua, but he's still. I think he's proven that he's a good quarterback. He's still Definitely. made some massive plays in that game. Um, the 49ers haven't conceded a touchdown for six quarters running up <laughs> to that, and we scored one within ten seconds. Um, and the, you know, Tyreek's second touchdown that pass was an absolute dime. You know, forty yard. So with with the offensive weapons, you know, Tyreek, if if Waddle is is hurt, I'm not. I mean, I think he's going to be playing through through the pain, but he's obviously got some kind of niggling injury. Tua may also have a niggling injury now. Um, it was a yank him at the end of the game. Um, the run game obviously didn't get going either, which was a bit a bit weird. Wilson, neither Wilson almost almost got many carries at all, which was I found was a bit strange because. You know, Tua wasn't firing, so I felt that it might have been beneficial to kind of just lean on the run a little bit. But you know, they've still got weapons, but I think I think the Dolphins' D will will be its downfall. Yeah, I th- I think to your point around the defense, it's very very hard to run on the Niners' defense, and of course, like everything that Daniel knows, um, Carl yeah. Shanahan knows, right? So so I, I wonder whether there was some getting in his own head about, well, this run scheme is is Kyle's scheme, you know, with some McDaniels uh, magic sprinkled on top of it. But it's really hard to run on them. And, and Bosa has been really good all season. He was brilliant in this game. Um, and low-key, the return of Eric Armstead um, basically uh, made Bosa even better because they couldn't just double Bosa all the time because Armstead is, is a really, really good, become a really, really good defensive tackle. So, um, I, I mean, you're right. The defense is is the best in the league right now, um, and one of the best 49ers defenses I, I've ever seen. It's it's brilliant to watch. Um, Brock Purdy, who knows, mate? Like I, I've had several messages from people like, "Do you still think the Niners can make the playoffs?" I don't know. We've got a really tough run in. We got the Seahawks, the Raiders, who are playing really, really well. Um, the Cardinals is really the only easy matchup. We've got the Commanders and the Bucks this week. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think you're right in your analysis of like what it does to the players. I think CMC this week uh, had, a, had a really big week. Um, uh, 16 carries, eight catches. He'll continue to be really, really good as they continue to lean on the run and the short pass. I do think it's a bit of a boost for Debo, who had sort of had his workload eaten into a little bit by yeah. um, by CMC. But really, what's you know what's going on with Debo is the lack of touchdowns um, compared to last season. He's just had a, a bit of a dive off the cliff in terms of that. It affects Ayuk. The uh, the outside game is is probably going to disappear with with Purdy. Um, because I know nothing about him. Um, so I'm just assuming that he will run uh, a limited version of the Shanahan scheme, um, which will be a lot of kind of short stuff, trick plays, move, motion, all that sort of stuff. Um, it all you can't trust at this point. Um, he's had only four games in double digits and only two with more than five catches. It might be that because, you know, rookie QB is like a tight end. I don't know, but... I, I if I had Kittle, I would not be plugging him into my lineup with any level of confidence. I mean, in this league, you got to put whatever tight ends you've got. But well, exactly. Um, I mean, Kittle's not had a great year, but name name a tight end bar the the, the obvious top two that has everybody else is just you know it's like throw a dart at a tight end tight end every week and maybe you'll you'll hit. It's just Kelsey. It is like even like Mark Andrews started hot. 
But since yeah. week seven, Mark Andrews has scored less fantasy points than Kyle Pitts. So, you know, like, and he's the he's the number two tight end. Like, so it's 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 Kelsey and then a bunch of Jags, really. So, yeah, um, yeah, I, I I agree with your with your view on tour. Um, I think it was just one of those weeks, like coming up against a really tough defense, maybe a bit rusty. But even then, two hundred ninety-five yards and two touchdowns, it's like you know, yeah, even and then I mean, he's productive. yes, he threw he threw an interception, but it's his first interception since September. So you know, he's he is high, a highly accurate, ordinarily yeah. a highly accurate quarterback, um, and he does you know he hits some deep shots and he he does put the ball where the defenders can't normally get to it. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the the second turnover was just a phenomenal pressure on him, um, and it was it's one of those where it nearly wasn't a forward motion, so it wouldn't have the ball should, couldn't have been live. It might it was so close that it, you know if it had gone backwards, so it's, and that wouldn't have been a touchdown. Perhaps we would have then still been in the game. And yeah. so you know, so there were some very small margins in in that match. Um, yeah, the Finns' schedule's also pretty pretty tough, but I think for them, I don't think they're going to win the AFC East now. I mean, they would have to go to Buffalo and beat them and, and you know, it, beat the Jets. And, but they'll probably win most of our games from now until the end of the season. Um, and, you know, they've got the Chargers, the Packers, and then it's Jets, Bills, Patriots. Um, That's a tough one. The Chargers, I think it, it could be... You know, the Chargers could be a bit of a shootout. They're not as good as they were. Um, Packers are an unknown quantity. You know, you don't you never really know what which which Packers team is going to turn up, whether Aaron Rodgers can be asked. Um <laughs> so yeah, I mean it's I think for the, I think the Dolphins are a pretty safe, a pretty safe bet for the playoffs. I think yeah. it would take a it would take a wild run of I don't know, like the Raiders or something, to just win out from now until the end of the season to to push them out of the wild card. But yeah, they, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna top the division now. Sadly, no, no. I think I th- I think that's probably the most likely outcome. But they're they're a really good team. They're just you know a couple of pieces away on defense. Maybe shore up the line a little bit. Uh, you know, they could make a run this year, like like Cincinnati did last year. Like yeah, I mean, if, I think if Waddle gets a little early. bit fitter. Yeah, yeah, they probably I are. I just think I think it's a year early. I don't think any I don't think you would find a Dolphins fan that would think that we would be in the shakeup really, but even even in the shakeup of a kind of like, oh, we could be could go quite far in the playoffs. I think you just any Dolphins fan would have just been happy to get there. Yeah. Um, and put a put a winning season together. So, you know, we're overperforming and I think we are probably a year or two away from from getting like, you know, being real real contenders. Yeah. Yeah, at this point, I don't think you can trust Waddle in your lineup. Uh, I'm going to have to, but it's it's hard because he's so boom bust. It's, you don't know which running back to start, so you can't trust them. Yeah, you can trust Mike Gesicki to be shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean he he hasn't he hasn't he's been sort of up and down. I mean he's obviously he's a tight end, so he doesn't score any points because no, none of them do. And um, yeah, I guess it's it's the Dolphins are for such a, a high-powered offense for fantasy purposes. They are quite difficult to. Tua yeah. and Tyreek are basically the only two. Um, 
you uh, you would think Wilson is probably has probably overtaken most of it as the starting RB, but you don't know that. And they do both run. They 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 sort of well, mo- most most out snapped him this week. So he had sixty one percent of the carries, having had like forty percent the previous two weeks. It's like so unpredictable. It's exactly, it's exactly what they were doing with with him and Chase Edmonds at the start of the season. You just didn't know. Yeah. You know one week he would just so yeah, difficult to trust either of the either of the running backs. And yeah, like you say, Waddle is is boom or bust. He's he's sort of kind of gone off the boil a little bit in the last few weeks, but I think he's carrying some kind of injury. Yeah, I think so too. Um, but then again, I mean, there the clip of him in that that touchdown, like Sherfield touchdown. Waddle is miles behind him, and he catches him up, like just jogging behind him while he is just absolutely caning it down the side. What you just say? He's still got his pace. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it'll be an exciting end to the season. It was a big game, and it's just a shame that it sort of ended the way it did. Well, for me, but not for you. Yeah, well, it may be the Niners' last win of the season. You know, if 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 uh, Brock Purdy isn't half decent and we collapse, then uh, you know, what, what, so what, what, what would what would you have said if you'd have picked up Baker? Oh, I'd be fuming, mate. <laughs> I I I would I would much rather roll with Brock Purdy, who's been in the offense through the off season. You know, as an understudy, but learning it, I. I Baker Mayfield is toxic personality and a bad quarterback. Um, he's not smart enough to pick up the Niners playbook. Just like no. everything he's done since he's come into this league, you know, you just look at it and you just go, the guy's a dumbass. And 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 it takes a decent, smart QB to understand the scheme. And, and that's why it takes people so long to pick up. But, you know, it the the interesting thing for me was that they allowed Brock Purdy to throw 37 times. Now, Jimmy's only done that once this season, and, and obviously Brock didn't come in for the start of the game. So they can't think he's completely limited. No. 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 We'll see if he's serviceable. I mean, Kyle Shanahan performed absolute miracles with Nick Mullins because there's only one quarterback who, as I think it's in his first two seasons, thrown for more yards than Nick Mullins, and that's Patrick Mahomes. In the history of the NFL. <laughs> Absolutely nuts. Nick Mullins. He's terrible. But but Shanahan got something out of him. So the you know, that whisper. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Uh, it was a really good game, like you said. So um good for us to have a little chat about it. Uh next matchup I had then was the Bengals Chiefs one, which was the one that I think drew the most eyes over the weekend. Uh, re- uh a rematch from the AFC championship game, and it ended exactly the same. Uh, Bengals winning 27-24. Um, they moved to eight and four, but they're still second in the AFC North behind the Ravens, which seems incredible because the Bengals have been great for several weeks and the Ravens have looked absolutely terrible, including this week when, you know, obviously Lamar got injured, but they really did just squeak past Mr. Unlimited and, and the boys there. Um, Chiefs slide to nine and three, but, you know, you, you don't see anything other than Chiefs getting one or two seed uh, still. Um, but it, it is interesting that the Bengals seem to have their number. That's three times straight they've beaten them. And the scheme they seem to be running is dropping eight defenders into coverage. And that seems to be working against Mahomes. Um, I'm sure Andy Reid will do something about it. But I guess he's had the whole offseason to think about it and think about this game. And, and the Bengals still came out on top. 
Mm. Um, so yeah, they've been they've been really excellent recently, and um, you know we talked about them a little bit uh, in in last week's uh, session as to whether we thought they were good or not. And I think I said I do think they're good, but I don't know that I can see them coming through the AFC. I guess I need to change my opinion on that now because if they can do that again to the Chiefs, um, they can probably beat anybody if they if they play like that. So yeah, Burrow was excellent. Eighty um, percent accuracy in the game. That's that's like two levels of accuracy, but but with kind of a little bit more down downfield stuff. Um, and he had some clutch moments that um, third and eleven pass to Higgins to effectively win the game. That was that was absolutely brilliant yeah. because he was under so much pressure. Uh, and he's the QB four on the season. Um, he's only had three weeks outside the top ten, and and he really is uh, an elite performer. Um, doesn't have the legs of Josh Allen, but he did put a bit of a run in this week. I think he got forty odd yards. So. Yeah, great guy to have on your team. Uh, Chase was good in his return, 97 yards, yeah. no touchdown. I mean, I don't think we need to cover uh, Chase. He's a top three dynasty wide receiver. You plug him into your lineup every week and you and you forget about it. Um, Higgins has, has continued to emerge, um, but his big games always come in Chase's absence, which seems logical and makes sense. But when you look at it, Whenever Chase is playing, he's really in the 20 to 30 um, rankings. So, you know, as good as he is, I'm not sure that you're relying on him to be anything other than like your third wide receiver, your fourth wide receiver, something like that, um, when Chase is, is in the team. Uh, and then Pirine. Wow. Uh, Pirine's better than Joe Mixon, according to the raw statistics. Uh, he's got better yards per carry. Uh, he's averaging 4.4 to Nixon's 3.8 and he's also more effective in the run game um, they won't pivot to P Ryan but maybe he does get a little bit more run uh, after Mixon's return for concussion maybe they give him a few more touches and balance it out a little bit yeah I mean I think I think that's the one that's probably one of the major takeaways from the last couple of weeks is that P Ryan's just been performing really well and um, you know he's he looks like a Joe Mixon when he's when he's on it, um, and so I think that when Mixon's back, I'm not. It, I think for, on a fact for a fantasy perspective, it's just going to be detrimental to probably both players just because Mixon's touches are going to be. I think will be impacted by Pirine, but probably you know it, it's it's all going to be kind of touchdown dependent on who who gets the gets the touchdown like the goal line runs or the sort of you know, short receptions or the dump offs and stuff. It depends on who's, who's sort of in the play about who's going to get the point. So it will be, a, it's kind of a tough one to to pick, which, and it's, I think it's very similar with the, with Boyd and Higgins when Chase is playing as well. Obviously, just like Jefferson is the target when Chase is on the, on the field and Joe Barry just looks it, looks for him wherever. And I was, you know, I was surprised to see that he, he racked up like, you know, basically a hundred yard had a hundred yard game when they were talking about a limited snap count and they weren't really they were just sort of going to ease him back in. You know, he 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 peeled off the massive massive plays. So yeah, yeah, but, it, but like you say, I completely agree. The Bengals have just seem to have the have got the Chiefs number, um, and it's it's weird that nobody else kind of just. That follows that their kind of uh, the way they set up and 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 attempt to do the same thing and yes it's it's an it's an interesting one 
Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't see the Chiefs as I think that's just it's just going to be a little blip for them. Um, obviously, like you know, Mahomes is absolutely balling. He yeah. hurt his foot on the last play, so there's some kind of like maybe a slight bruising, but I don't think that's going to stop him. And um, yeah, I think like you know, players like uh, Pacheco kind of are coming through as genuine actual fantasy assets as well as real life. You know, he's a, he's a good, good running back. He's kind of got a bit of pep about him. He's got something definitely more than CEH has ever really shown yeah. uh, in either season. Um, and I, I think that it's just for the Chiefs, not having that kind of standout wide, like wide receiver one helps in a way in that it gives Mahomes the opportunity to really spread it around and the defense don't know because there's no main threat. So they're not, you, you know, you're not double coverage on, you know, you're never going to play double coverage on MVS or it would be Kelsey, I guess. But, you know, it just means that for, for a quarterback who is as talented as Mahomes and you can kind of just basically pick anybody out from anywhere, that's why he's the, you know, QB two on the season and, has slammed in so many touchdowns, like 30 touchdowns I think he's got this year already. So, Yeah, we, yeah. we talked about his numbers a couple of weeks ago. He's, he, he continues to be excellent, like you said. It's really hard to, you know, you can't really start a Chiefs wide receiver with any confidence. Um, Juju could have good weeks, but he can also have terrible weeks. He's had done nothing for the last three weeks. MVS is so unreliable and has been for his entire career. Um, and Sky Moore and Justin Watson, who are their rookies, like they're just eating into each other's targets, and and yeah. neither of them is particularly good or relevant at this point. The only guy you can start with confidence is is Kelsey. Uh, no issues with him moving forward. And I think you're right about Pacheco. You you can plug him in. Um, he's still only getting like he's averaging less than fifty percent of the snaps, but he's productive with those with those fifty percent. Exactly. He's doing, he's McKinnon doing and, something with it. Yeah. I think McKinnon's obviously a better pass protector, so they're using him in that way, and he's getting some dump-off passes, and he, he looks explosive, but he's just not getting fantasy production, um, and I think that's probably just to do with the lack of lack of rushing. Agreed. Totally. Great matchup, though, and uh, that might be a, another kind of... Well, it'll hopefully be a playoff preview, whether that be the AFC Championship game or before... And he chucked the Bills and the Dolphins in that mix. Like the AFC is going to be one hell of a gauntlet to get out of. Yeah, yeah. I think I see the uh, yeah the Super Bowl champion. I think is going to come out of the AFC this year. Seems likely. Yeah, that's it. Just it just seems to have that kind of a slight edge in in quality. Um, yeah, and they're really competitive teams. So. Yeah, but it, like you say, it's going to be a gauntlet to get out and like to get there. You're gonna to have to, you're gonna to have to beat some. You have some just string together a solid run of incredible performances. Yeah. Next key matchup uh, this week was the Vikings Jets game. Uh, Vikings won twenty-seven to twenty-two, but it was a, a proper close one at the end, wasn't it? I mean. The, the, as, as has been covered on the pod a number of times, the, how the Vikings are the record that they have playing the way that they play is it baffles me. Um, you know, the Jets are a solid team, they've got a solid D, 
But the Vikings were 23 up at one point in this game, like late in the second quarter. And then for it to get to this, to that close, and the Jets had more than one opportunity to win it. Um, it was, yeah, a, a kind of baffling game, but still the Vikings just win dirty. I think they'll get, they'll get found out as they have been found out when they played, you know, when they played the Cowboys. Um, but it, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a difficult one to kind of, to, to put your finger on really. I think that, Kirk is is getting it done. He's doing enough to to kind of carry the team. But if if anything were to happen to Jefferson, then that would be their season over. He like is literally the attacking threat of of this team, and everything goes through him. And you can put the ball basically where you want, where you like, and he will find some somehow some way of getting it and catching it. Um, you know they they tried double teaming him. Didn't nothing happen? Like the the Jets D is 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 great. Obviously the likes of Source Gardner and and people they still didn't really have an answer an answer for 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 Jefferson. Um, but then I think you know on the flip side of that the Jets offensively have uh, just look a completely different team. With a different quarterback in, um, motherfucking white, as they say. Yeah, like it's he's he's obviously not a grade A quarterback, but he throws the ball to Garrett Wilson, who is by far their best wide receiver. He's he is a major talent. When Flacco was playing, he was lighting up. He was lighting up. As soon as Zach Wilson comes in, who is, in my eyes, just basically the next Money Manziel, <laughs> he is garbage. Um, and, you know, just Mike White's not, he's not, he's not a fantastic player, a fantastic quarterback even, but he knows who his main weapons are and he tries to get them and get them to make plays. You know, and since in, in the two games that he's played with Mike White, Wilson has had 23 targets, 13 receptions, 257 yards and two touchdowns. Like before yeah. that, he was he was barely involved and it's just an indication of like if you're putting it up to what to him, he'll it, he'll make things happen. And it, so they were they were shifting the chains against the Vikes quite quite quick quite easily. Braxton Barrios catches that that catch in the end zone. I mean, it was it was maybe a little bit behind him, but it hit him in his, in his hands. He could have, he should have maybe caught, like kept hold of it. He would definitely have, should Vikings have done. Would have had, I, he, he definitely should have done. Yeah. They, and the Vikes would have had would have had just over two minutes to get it down the other end. They probably they probably would have, or they would have at least got close enough. But you know, it was for them to be in the position where they nearly lost that game from the position where they were is just. That is just basically an indication of what how their season has been going. They they are not blowing teams away. They do not look like a ten and two team that is one win away from being the first team guaranteed into the playoffs. And I mean, it's against the Lions, and they'll probably it will probably be a 35-32 like barnstormer with no D and just plenty of offense. And it should be, I think it will probably be a great game, but 
yeah, I mean, they'll get found out. So but it's, it's, it's interesting to just to to just see how teams who are pretty average are, are performing. Yeah. It, I mean, the Vikings will probably end the season with the second seed uh, because they've got the Lions, which I, I think will probably be a tougher game than we expect. And I think someone posted in the chat earlier that the Lions are the, are the favourites with Vegas. And I think that's an indication of the fact that they're playing well and, and the Vikings are fraudulent. Uh, and then they've got the Colts, <laughs> the Giants, the Packers, Banana Skin, and then the Bears that they'll probably beat. So they're going to end the season with a second seed. But, you know, at the moment, they're 10 and 2 with a plus 10 point differential. The Eagles are 11 and 1 with a plus 118 point differential. That that just shows like the golfing class between the two teams and, and the Vikings okay. have been very lucky. Um, Cousins is is the QB 13 on the season. So he is very, very startable from a fantasy perspective, particularly with two QBs in your lineup. Um, so, you know, and it, it does come down to Jefferson, but it doesn't really matter what it comes down to in fantasy, does it? You know, if, if you're QB 13 and you've got yeah. some soft defenses like he's got coming up, you you plug him in and you start him and you start him and Jefferson with, with a lot of confidence. You start Dalvin. Um, he's not where he once was I don't think um he he's he's got a funny reputation because I think he's thought of as being this elite guy um but he's actually only had two seasons in the top five um in his career one and the highest he's ever finished is third so he's he's clearly very very good but he's currently RB10 he was RB16 last year I just don't think he's he's the I don't I don't think he's the guy everyone thinks he is and I don't think he's the guy he was two years ago but um, he's still the RB10. So again, you stick him in your lineup. Um, yeah. You know, I don't think you get, you know, he went in the third, like end of the sort of the back end of the third round. I don't think you've got the production out of Dalvin. I don't think Franco has got the production out of him that you would have hoped, that you would have hoped no. for from his, from his draft position. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's, what, how many touchdowns have you got? One, three, four, five, six, six, seven touchdowns, seven touchdowns for the year, eight with one receiving. So, you know, eight touchdowns. He's, he's not, yeah, he's, he's definitely not performing where you would hope. And it kind of like, and yeah, I think he has this reputation for being slightly better than, than he actually is. Yeah. Um, yeah, if if you ask like the average NFL fan, who do you think is better, Dalvin Cook or Miles Sanders? You know, ninety nine out of a hundred would say um, Dalvin. They're basically the same guy. They've yeah, got practically the same statistics this season. So you know, Dalvin's got a bit more receiving, but you know, they're 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 in that range, aren't they? Definitely. And I mean, and talking of like of running backs, just the running back situation in the Jets is is an odd one. Um, Very. you know, obviously with Brees going down, that was, that's a, was a huge thing for them. And, and Carter obviously being injured, um, you would think would open the door for Robinson to, to like, you know, take to be to be play where he was like traded for the job he was traded into this team for, really, as an injury replacement. Started the season, but he's you know he's literally come into in. To just being an irrelevant 
player. He's, I mean, he was a healthy scratch the other day. He played in this. He played in this game, but only got four carries for yeah. a, a whopping ten yards. And then old <laughs> Zonovan, the whatever it's called, Zonovan Knight, whatever it's called, Knight. the dude or whatever. He, Bam, isn't he called Bam? Bam. Yeah. Bam, Zonovan Bam Knight. Like two fantastic performances. Like he he looks really really fast like i was yeah, like watching him like, like the guy looks like he's shot out of a cannon he's like really quick and i looked up his 40 time and it was like 4.6 seconds so i was like what <laughs> what like what i'm seeing here doesn't tally up with like what i'm reading this guy looks like raheem most at fast but he's yeah not i think it's because just... he's quite small and his legs move very very quickly so it's, <laughs> it's like, like billy whiz yeah he's like billy whiz you kind of uh <laughs> There's a good reference there. <laughs> uh, that, that's one for the younger audience, Baker. Yeah, they've obviously got a, a, a talent there. And, and so Robinson is just going to be knocked further down the pecking order. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's an interesting... Um, it's an interesting sort of uh, turn up to the books, but he's been given an opportunity and he's definitely taken it. Carter may well be, may well be, um, well, he is. I think he's back healthy this week, but I've just got a feeling they're going to run with the hot hand. In, uh, I think they will. Carter's, Carter's a more kind of um, well-rounded back. He can play in the in the pass game. So I think they'll probably give him most of the passing duties and, and yeah. Zonovan will be the lead rush guy. Bam. Bam. Um, Thielen is is toast, isn't he? Yeah. So he was he was absolutely brilliant between 2017 and and 2020. Um, I think some of it's a product of the offense because uh, you know he's getting shorter targets, but he's down two yards per carry on average, uh, two yards per catch on average. Sorry. Um, so I think there's a bit of the product of the target depth, but he's just not as athletic as he once was. You know, he was a top. 10 wide receiver now he's probably a top 40 wide receiver so i i'm i'm not trusting him if i i mean in a bye week you've got to trust who you got right but I'm, i wouldn't be trusting him if i had to plug him into my lineup um and i'd feel the same probably about Corey davis on the jet side yeah i totally agree feeling hasn't hasn't hit over 75 yards all season and yeah. um, three touchdowns for the year you know he he's only he's sort of only got double digit fantasy scores five times. And even then most of them are in sort of tens and twelves. So yeah, he's again another kind of like dart throw that could have been there's a late draft pick and you're like, yeah, maybe he'll just refind his form and, and he'll be sort of a, as good as he was. But yeah, he's 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 definitely on that downward downward trajectory. Um, and it's going to be down to the folks are going to need to find some some more receiving weapons, I think, moving forwards. And it will probably be to the detriment of their their Super Bowl chances in inverted commas. You know, they they will get found out when they start playing some of the really good teams. And yeah, I think they will they will be uh, yeah. If you had um, the frauds, they are. If you had Mike White, how would you feel about starting him this week? <clears throat> I think I think I would start him as a spot start if you had to. You know, if in a league where there's not many, you know, if you, there aren't many quarterbacks available on 
the um, waiver wire. If you're in a position where both your quarterbacks are on by or one of them's injured and he's he's available, he isn't in our league, but... It's tough, it's tough yeah. against the Bills, isn't it, to say... Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this guy, but he's been QB6 and QB7 the last two weeks. So. And you've got to think that the Bills are going to be scoring, so they're going to be passing it. Like, yeah. he's going to have to... They're going to be chasing this game, you would, you would think. They're going to be chasing it. They're going to be looking for points. He's going to... He will throw probably two interceptions. Yeah. Um, I had money on him throwing an interception on the weekend, and it happened in, like, the third play. Um, but then if you put money on him throwing two interceptions, you had to wait until the penultimate play or the last play to, to get your second one. So, I, I mean, I, I, I think he's got over 300 yards in both games that he's played. I know that it was against Chicago and the Vikings, but you've got, if I you're mean, passing the ball... To be clear, like, Ballon doesn't really have much of a choice because Rodgers is on a bye... Um, Russell Wilson. <laughs> uh, incredible, <laughs> incredible stuff. What a week to play. Uh, Jimmy G's down. Jameis Winston's not playing. Zach Wilson's toast. So he's got to start Mike White. And uh, and at the moment, he's not even got Russ in his lineup. Uh, he's playing a non-quarterback in the in the final flex, flex spot because he's got so many running backs. I love that his confidence on Russell Wilson has faded so much. I mean, anyway, uh, we'll get to yeah, that. so we'll, we will get to that. But yeah, so currently he's got <laughs> he's got Najee in there. I think even Najee's like up and down and less than productive season, he's going to score more points than Russell Wilson at quarterback. Yeah, you would think so, wouldn't you? Broncos. I think Najee would score more points. points. Yeah, I think Najee would score more points than Russell Wilson if he was playing quarterback. <laughs> but conversely, Russell Wilson would probably score more points if he was playing running back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe we should try they should try that yeah <laughs> alright last matchup for us to focus on this week then another playoff contender matchup this one was super super one-sided Titans Eagles uh, the Eagles showed why they are the best team in the NFC uh, and they absolutely battered the Titans and they beat them so badly that the Titans decided to sack their GM this week. Uh, John Robinson, who's been with the team for seven years and has never, uh, they've never had a losing season since John Robinson has been there. Um, but I think the fact that AJ Brown showed up and basically embarrassed them uh, uh you know, with how all of that was handled with him leaving the Titans and Vrabel very clearly being upset on draft day about it. Uh, I think that um, that's that's just got to have been the final nail in the coffin. Well, we don't know if there's something behind the scenes, but it just like optically you're looking at it going, AJ Brown turns up and steals this guy's soul. And uh, the next thing, you know, he's not got a job. I mean, the guy's doing okay. He had a contract till 2027. Um, so... Uh, he's getting paid. Um, but yeah, a bit of an embarrassing week for the Titans. Um, I mean, Jalen Hurts, uh, the guy's a monster. Like last week, it was like 170 rushing yards. This week, he's passing all over um, what is actually a pretty good defense. Um, and I think the scheming uh, by Sirianni and his team was brilliant this week because last week they 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 spotted the opportunity to rush and they ran it down uh, the throats of whoever they were playing last week. I can't remember. And this week they were like, well, Tennessee rushed for 
they've got a very good front, but a weaker secondary. We'll just pass it on them. And, and you know, when you've got AJ Brown and Devonta Smith, uh, you can do that. And um, I think Hertz has got to be considered as a really serious MVP candidate at this point. Yeah, um, 100%. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. AJ Brown, wide receiver five on the season. Um, I'm delighted that I traded for him. Uh, he's had a few down weeks, um, but he's an every week starter for me. Um, 119 yards and two touchdowns this week um, against uh, against Steve, who I who I traded him off. So you know that was sweet. Uh, we'll get to that. Um, Devont is a bit like Waddle. That's I was kind of looking at it, going, you know, he has these big weeks, but then equally has weeks where he sort of disappears and he's in the sort of wide receiver fifty range. So it's, it's really hard to trust him whilst AJ Brown's there. He's a great NFL player. Um, he runs incredibly precise routes, but you're not. I, I'm every week. I'm looking at it, going, "Fuck! I've got Devonta Smith and AJ Brown. Do I start Devonta this week, or do I start one of my kind of lesser wide receivers like uh, the nightmare that is Deontay Johnson?" Um, uh, so, bit of a headache there, but you, you know, I, I do like him. So, um, Miles Sanders. We talked about him a little bit earlier as a comparison to Dalvin. Um, he's having a good season. He had nine, he's got nine TDs this year after zero last year, and he's uh, averaging five yards per carry almost. Um, has a few quiet weeks, but if I've got him, which I don't in this league, I'd plug him in and, and be pretty happy with it. So, yeah, Eagles is a, a fantasy playground. Um, if you've got Eagles players, you know, perhaps with the exception of Devonta, like we said, you, you're sort of plugging them in and, and rolling with them and they've still got Goddard to come back. So bloody hell, they are, I, I think, probably going to steamroll the NFC. Um, Dallas might have something to say about that, but I, I think they'll be there in the Super Bowl waiting for whichever team runs the gauntlet and gets through against them. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Um, you know, the Titans, the Titans are, are lucky in that they're in such a, such a shit division that they're probably still going to get through being as bad as they are. Um, you're exactly right with what you say about um, Devonta Smith. It's just you need to you need to basically work out whether or not it's going to be a Hertz running show or he's going to be part like throwing it. If he's throwing it, then Devonta is a, an absolute lock-in play. But until you you, you know you've got a kind of second guess the the coaching but yeah so yeah with brown and smith both both clocking over 100 yards and uh, two touchdowns for brown and one for smith this week i mean they absolutely torched them um yeah jalen hurts just it was just a phenomenal phenomenal uh performance (laughs) the 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 titans still rely so heavily on derek Henry, yeah. if the rumbler isn't rumbling, they just aren't rumbling as a team. And it, no. you know it, they they rely so much on him. I mean, train on Burke's getting absolutely tanked uh, was unfortunate, was rough, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, how he managed to hold on to the ball, it, it's kind of like the Alave one earlier in the season where you know he was out. But still managed to kind of keep hold of it. So you know, fair play for his one one reception, twenty-five yard, one touchdown, and a lack of a head. Um, yeah. So, but uh, you know, behind him, who have they really got? 
they've really got no one, no one for Tannehill who's who's awful as well to actually throw it to particularly. Um, you know, they they sort of they've got they play three tight end sets quite often, and you'll you know you've got Austin Hooper and this Aconquo, you know Robert Woods. None of these none of these players are electric wide receivers. So then you're you're relying on the Rumbler to to do a lot of the heavy lifting for the team. And you know when he gets eleven carries and thirty yards, you're not gonna you're not gonna win American football matches. And as it turns out, they got absolutely smashed. So it wasn't you know this this was playoff relevant this game, but really just the relevancy was the Eagles just stamping their authority on the NFC. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're the team to beat, and I do think it will be a bit, uh, it will be them in Dallas, I think, and it will that will be a good game. And yeah, the, I think the, so. Yeah, the Cowboys seem to just be kind of getting a bit of momentum going. They seem to have, I mean, they had a lot of issues with their offensive line earlier in the season. Obviously, there are some serious, like serious injuries before the season got going, but they seem to have pulled that together. Um, they're protecting Dak and they're obviously creating running lanes for Zeke, who is looking like almost like a renewed running back. And they you, they have a genuine one-two punch with Pollard and Zeke. Yeah. And, you know, if OBJ goes there, which looks likely, they then have a, a range of, like, uh, wide receiver options as well. So, and Dak is a... Dak is a good quarterback so yeah the Cowboys are definitely kind of getting everything together at the right time so it will be it will be a uh, a hell of a game when they when they meet each other I think yeah I think that'll be an awesome matchup um I just on the on the rumbler like his next matchups Jags Chargers Texans plug him in it'll be it'll be snowing in in Vermont yeah, for plug, the next plug him into your lineup. I think you'll be all right in those games. Yeah, the only thing about the when you play the Texans though is that you get you score so many points so early on that they then just pull the you know your attacking pieces just get pulled because they're your team's eighty nil up at half time. It's like why bother? <laughs> we don't need to put we don't need to risk Derek Henry, you know, being on the pitch anymore because we're so far we're so far ahead. And it's, I mean, it's, it's actually a, it's a genuine thing that, that has happened a few, for a few weeks. Yeah. You know, Tua, Tua was taken, and the Dolphins played him, Tua was taken out of the game at halftime because the Dolphins were so far ahead. Luckily, they kind of, <laughs> they were so awful <laughs> from that point that the Texans kind of got back into the game. So they had to put him back in again. And, uh, but it, it does happen because they're just so shit. <laughs> and the Rumbler does love the Texans though. Yeah, he's had. Yeah. Is it, well, is it, is it four you know, games four over two hundred yards against them? Four games so. over two hundred yards, two touchdowns in, in each of them, or something like that. So I fully expect him to score about fifty points. Uh, his betting line that that week will be insane. He'll probably get like forty yards now. <laughs> it's just like be be absolutely dreadful, or like you said, he'll he'll get pulled really early, and his line yeah. will be like two hundred and fifty or something. So it would be something like that. Yeah. Yeah, a less entertaining game, but like you said, Eagles showing that they're they're for real, and the Titans showing that they are not, and they're going to make the playoffs, and they're going to get bounced in the first round. Exactly. 
All right, that's good. Good matchup rundown. Um, like I said, it was a brilliant week. Uh, got a couple of players uh, outside of those matchups that that had amazing weeks as well. Uh, Devonte Adams, uh, now the wide receiver one on the season. Last five games, thirty points, twenty-one points, thirty points, twelve points, thirty-five points. He's currently on the highest yards per catch of his career by a reasonable margin as well. And you think like his career has been Aaron Rodgers. Um, he's obviously got this bond with Derek Carr and, you know, barring a couple of weeks, uh, he has been absolutely fantastic. And um, the Raiders could have an outside shot of the playoffs, which just seems absolutely mental, but you could really see the Ravens slumping, for example, and, and, you know, the, the Raiders creeping in there, but they've got, they've got to win all their remaining games really. But Devontae's just been amazing to watch and obviously we partook in a in a small trade that was hotly disputed in another league baker that involved Devonte going to your team well yeah but you know it was a fair and well balanced trade and um, Devonte, yeah i guess what separates Devonte is his ability to separate some he, he somehow manages to just get open and obviously Derek carr is not aaron Rodgers, but Devontae Adams is so good at getting away from defenders that you can be Derek Carr and you'll still find him. And for the Raiders to have like the number one wide receiver and the number one running back and to still be in the position that they're in is, you know, it's very telling on the other side of the ball how how bad they've been. They should be, you know, if they had any semblance of defense, like defense, they would be, they would have a, their season would be completely different. They have a, a, a potent attack, and um, Derek Carr is is not you know he's not Aaron Rodgers, but he's also not Zach Wilson uh, or Russell Wilson or any other Wilson or Wilson from uh, Castaway. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know it's, the, it's similar similar with. Um, like we were saying before, it's similar with Tyreek, it's similar with Devontae Adams. People were questioning whether the change of quarterback was going to happen, was going to be detrimental to their performance and whether it would really kind of show that they weren't as good as perhaps people thought. And I think what has been categorically proven is that both of them are absolutely outstanding, um, you know, Hall of Famers. Just, just, they're just incredible wide receivers and yeah yeah he's the last few weeks has been absolutely balling out so I'm, i was very happy to i now have him in two of two of my teams so it's good to watch him every week yeah he's he's brilliant and and it, the comparison with tyreek's really interesting right tyreek and him could not be different wide receivers one wins with you know speed and getting you know getting behind defenders and Devonte wins with leverage and uh and, and right running like and and they're both absolutely elite, like you said. Yeah. Um, the other one I had then was the guy that replaced, in inverted commas, uh, Devontae in, in Green Bay, Christian Watson. Uh, it did look like nothing at the start of the season, and now he's got eight touchdowns in the last four games, which um, in rookie season terms has only ever been equaled by Randy Moss. Uh, it seems yep. to be coming up a lot in these podcasts, so like people either eclipsing or or kind of matching what Randy Moss has done. Um, the other one I picked out this week on his statistics is he has now had seven 45-plus yard touchdowns, and he's only the second guy in history to ever do that. I, I 
probably give you a thousand guesses as to who the other guy is and you'd never get it. But the, uh, the guy is Martavis Bryant, who was obviously for his first couple of seasons, like an insane talent that just got caught up in a little weed. Hey man, it happens to the best of us. <laughs> um, yeah. Watson's like at this point, he's, he's a league winner. Um, because just the way he's playing and Rogers seems to to trust him. There's this amazing photo this week of like um, Watson leaping into the end zone and the, the photo is from behind Rogers, who's like pointing down the field at him. So it's a, it's an incredible shot. I'll see if I can stick it on the Instagram uh, later on. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Jake's got Christian Watson, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, yeah I mean, it's like you say, it's this, you started the season with, in the first, uh, up to week nine, he did have 10 receptions for 88 yards and no touchdowns um, from 14 targets. So, and I, I know he was a bit, he, he was injured at the start and he was sort of in and out of the team. And Rogers, I mean, it was, it's coincidental that it's kind of that Rogers has started to trust him. The Packers have started to look more potent and a better team. Um, and, you know, Rogers, Rogers is a quarterback that, has to have trust in his in his wide receivers, and he he he's brutal, brutally honest about it. And if they if they let him down, then he just doesn't throw them the ball. Um, and I just don't think he's had that with any of the others, like Alan Lazard, etc. He's also quite good, but you know, in the last in, in the last four weeks, three hundred and thirteen yards, eight touchdowns. Obviously, one of them was that forty-six yard rush. Um, so he's got that sort of in his locker as well. He's he has out and out speed he's he's athletic yeah he's, he's a star he's a star for the future um and now i i wish i'd drafted him instead of george pickens in our other dynasty league <laughs> although uh, pickens is also good pickens is also really good really good um so yeah great player will be a league winner in a number of places just because of where people would have um would have been able to get him and it's gonna yeah in a, in a number of fantasy leagues he is gonna get teams into the playoffs Teams who who were may who might have been out of out of it will have won games on the bounce because of his performances, no doubt. Yeah. If they were smart enough to roll with him and keep him in their lineup, so uh, yeah. yeah. Any other headlines from you this week? Um, no, not really. I mean, I think it was Lamar. Lamar's potential injury looked like that could have been like a real could have really scuppered the Ravens. He's injured, but I don't think it's as bad as as was first thought, but he's going to be, he's going to miss some time. And um, yeah, so it's, do you plug Huntley in? Interesting. He can kind of run, um, but it's probably not going to be hugely detrimental, but if you've got a, a good enough quarterback backup, um, but yeah, it might, it might affect some of the Ravens key fantasy assets for the next few weeks, which obviously are the playoff weeks. So that will, that will have an impact. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, just, it's going to be interesting to see how long he is out for with that PCL injury that they're being pretty vague on it, which is days or weeks. I mean, everything's days or weeks, right? So um, <laughs> that's how time works. We can we could talk it a little talk about it a little bit more when we talk about Jake's performance this week and, and his prospects moving forward without Lamar. So let's put a little pin in it just so that Jake's got something to look forward to. But then he did say this week he doesn't listen to the pod. So, you know <laughs> we can we, we can talk about that later. Cool. Let's move on from the headlines then.
on to a review of this week's matchups in the league. Uh, starting off with uh, me versus Steve. Bit of a surprise outcome this week, I think, considering how good Steve's team has been and, and mine's been in decline the last few weeks. I ended up taking it 210 to 167. Uh, I'm just about holding on to a potential playoff spot, uh, moving back up to fifth from seventh. Um, Steve's going to need a bit of a miracle uh, to make it into the playoffs from from this point. Um, but, I mean, he's had an incredible run since starting, what was it, 0-10, 0-12, something like that. Um, so, you know, just a little bit too little, too late for him. Um, we talked about Burrow. He was obviously brilliant in this game, uh, put up 37 points for me. Uh, I had a good performance from Brian Robinson, um, who was also part of that uh, trade in, in the other league that we talked about. He had a good week this week, 20 points. Uh, he's actually had two really good weeks. Um, Gibson's still kind of knocking about, um, but he's much less effective than Brian Robinson. All, of the, all the kind of efficiency metrics show that they should be giving Brian Robinson the majority of the carries, but he's still only playing like 50% of the snaps. So hopefully he can pump those numbers up a little bit and um, uh, and when he comes back from the bye, be, be a bit of a lead back. Um, we've also talked about Garrett Wilson, AJ Brown, Devonta Smith. Um, so those were the guys that really fired me to to the win this week, uh, along with Geno Smith, um, who's so consistent that I don't imagine I'm ever going to start Kyler Murray for the rest of the season because Kyler's just a mixed bag. Um, whereas Geno's just like, bang, he's like 25 points plus every week. And uh, uh, what a surprise. Uh, you know, when we get to the end of the season, do a post-season review, he's got to be like the kind of lead contender for the, oh my God, I, where did this guy come from? Um, Derwin had a bit of a damn week. I should have started Bosa, but ultimately it didn't matter. Um, and, I, and every week I'm like, do I start Derwin James or Nick Bosa? It's a bit of a luxury to to have those two choices. Um, Steve got good performances from his main guys this week. Um, but we've talked in a couple of previous weeks, we've talked about the weaknesses on his roster and he sort of sustained it, but he had real dud weeks this week from Josh Palmer, Logan Thomas, Elijah Moore, and of course the bagel, Mike Gasicki, uh, Steve with back-to-back bagels. Love it. Got to send the man some bagels. Um, so yeah, that really cost Steve this week. It's, um, you know, there's only so long you can survive on Josh Palmer somehow getting 20 points. Any thoughts on this matchup? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, I, I'd, obviously you had last week, after your defeat last week, you were t- whoring out all of your players, um, throwing in the towel, giving up on yourself. And now look at you clinging on there with your fingernails starting to just scrape on the pavement and in doing so, kicking Steve probably too far out. But yeah, like you say, Steve has been getting huge performances from his from his three main guys, Fields, Jacobs, Pollard. Pollard has obviously turned into a bit of a revelation this year. I mean, I've got him obviously in a couple of other leagues picked him up on with this sort of thinking that this could happen. Um, that was obviously Steve's thoughts when he drafted him that maybe Zeke was on his way out and it kind of, it took a while to get going, but it, you know, the last few weeks have really kind of have demonstrated that. But yeah, some of the other, of his other sort of assets, his wide receivers are, he's just, he's, it, it, 
it was unsustainable this incredible comeback that that he would he'd run and he, he was lucky on a few weeks and i just think that it just kind of the wheels came off a little bit this week and then and you just had consistent performances from your from your key running backs and, and wide receivers which was enough to put you over the edge what I, i'd be interested to know your thoughts on damien pierce as the owner of damien pierce he started this season on fire like a train and it's kind of fallen off the cliff a little bit in the last few weeks yeah i i think he's a really good running back um obviously we talked about how bad that texas team is it feels like whereas at the start of the season they were trying to win or you know be consistent for uh, and lovey smith was sort of doing a half decent coaching job it does feel like the last three or four weeks they've just been like nah let's just let's just throw it all away get a high draft pick and move on but i think damian pierce uh looks like a a a really good rookie pick for me I, i think he'll be the running back uh, there for a couple of seasons and until he inevitably hits the wall like all running backs do and um yeah I'm I'm quite happy to have got him where I got him don't know if I can trust him yeah, this season yeah, that's I, a problem yeah that's the thing but I think you know if if you are going to make a push for the for the playoffs I think the fact that DeAndre Swift seems to be working his way back into you know, he's getting a lot more snaps. He's he's being used a lot more. So I think they were just treating him with kind of kid gloves to get over the injury, but they obviously trust it, trust that he's fully fit and he is getting a lot more involved. So, you know, you've almost got an automatic replacement there because I think, you know, the, the Lions offense is so high powered that they're always involved in ridiculously high scoring games. So, you know, there's always an option if Swift gets that consistency. Yeah. I think he's still slightly risky, but then, you know, Pierce is risky every week. Sometimes he, he just, the Texans are just so diabolical that he just gets nothing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, a good, a good matchup and your season isn't over, mate. Not yet. Not yet. One more week, maybe. <laughs> All right. Um, next matchup was Ed versus Val. That ended uh, 210 to 154 in Ed's favour. Yes, yeah, so Ed uh, is on the charge. Um, Val, I think, is obviously kind of loitering in the in the cellar with uh, Chris and myself. Um, again, Val's predicted point scoring of two hundred and thirty-four. He was significantly <laughs> below that. Um, it was obviously it was it was unfortunate that he, he started Jimmy. You know you can't if you if a player goes down, um, then that. But you know it was Jimmy Garoppolo would have had to have had the game of his life for Val to have won that, and for that to have been the reason. Um, again, it's just kind of average performances down his roster. McCaffrey fantastic, but nobody really kind of. Uh, shining out and some of his bigger players like Jefferson not having like the huge game that you would you would want and on the flip side Ed he's just got solid options pretty much down throughout the whole of his throughout the whole of his team Sun God posting 114 yards two touchdowns 30 points fantastic 41 points from Wagner for his IDP player you know that's that's good. 
you're not going to that that is that can be game changing with those sort of points on the board. And then Dak Dak only scoring twenty three points or twenty three point eight points when the team put up fifty four points um, and he threw for three t- three touchdowns is surprising. You know, he only threw for one hundred and seventy yards, and I yeah. because that was the late game and I didn't see it. When I saw the score, I assumed that Dak had probably scored about a hundred points. Um, <laughs> so. It's only be 23. You know, he didn't, Ed didn't need it at the end, the end of the day. You know, he was, he was hurt obviously with most, with most of not really getting any kind of um, production, but that was highly unlikely anyway to start him against the 49ers D. But yeah, his CD Lamb, Tyreek. Yeah, I wanted to mention, I wanted to mention CD Lamb actually. Um, We've not talked about him at all, I don't think this season, yet he's, he's the wide receiver six. And and I was really surprised by that when I looked at it earlier. I was like, oh, and he's just been really solid all season long. He's had a couple of games where he's been underperforming, but he's, you know, lots of top 10, top 12 type performances. He's, you know, becoming the guy that everybody thought he was when he came out of the draft. He's been inconsistent, but for him to be wide receiver six on the season, yeah, fair play. Um, you know, really good knocking knocking out twenty points this week, like you said, when Dak's only throwing for 170 yards. Yeah. I mean, I think obviously at the start of the season, Dak being injured, um, that didn't help CD. And yes, I have him obviously in League Legends, so I've kind of been hoping waiting for that for the sort of breakout games. And he's had a few now in the last few weeks. Um, yeah, the last four weeks alone he scored 33 points, 19 points, 20 points. Um he is consistent. I don't know if Shina listens to this uh, podcast, but in a conversation that I was having with him earlier in the season, he bet me 20 quid that Brandon Cooks would score, would get more yards than CD Lamb this season. And Wow. <laughs> uh, it was part of a trade conversation. So I never, I didn't actually take him up on the bet, but I did laugh at that as a, this was when he had, after the first few weeks, when he'd really posted a right, 150 yards over three games or something and Cooks has had one game where he scored maybe posted about 40 yards so yeah a ridiculous wager I should have probably doubled down on that and bet him a thousand pounds because there was never any chance in hell that that was going to happen and yeah I think like you say CD has definitely been proven to be he's made that step up be interesting to see kind of whether OBJ going to the Cowboys kind of has any kind of impact on yeah. his production, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, Shiner's a man who's had some bad opinions in his time and and that one is, is up there. So <laughs> um, the only thing I, I did note to mention is I don't think we can overlook the fact that Dawson Knox did have an effective bagel. I know it's not an actual bagel, but having zero catches, zero yards, zero rushing and only getting a point because of an assisted tackle feels like if there was a bagel bet, Val would have to do at least half of it. Um, <laughs> yes. like, you know, getting a, getting a tackle for a tight end doesn't doesn't seem fair, but, you know. Well, who came up with a point-scoring system in this league? <laughs> uh, some, some maverick. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Valen is in... Is is in trouble now? He needs a miracle to to make the playoffs, doesn't he? So, yeah. Onwards to the, to <laughs> the Valen zone. Uh, onwards to Jake and Kyle's matchup. Uh, this one did not go as expected for the top two teams in the league. Uh, one hundred and four to Jake and one hundred and seventy-one to Kyle. 
Um, Jake misses out on the opportunity to uh, seal a playoff spot and his team had an all-time stinker. I think it's the third worst score of the season. Uh, there are reasons for that, which we'll come to. Um, Kyle now holds second place as one of the 15 and 11 crew. There's there's three of them on that. Um, and Jake's underperformance versus projections was the largest of the season by 142 points. That is quite the underperformance. Um, We've talked about Devontae already. He was Kyle's star performer. Um, but Tyler Lockett put up 23, and he's quietly uh, number uh, wide receiver 12 on the season. Um, aside from a couple of games, he's been really consistent. He seems to have a really strong connection with Gino. Um, there was a lot of talk kind of about his relationship with Russ, um, but he was much more volatile under Russ, I found. Like it, it seemed to be like oh, he'd either put up 25 or he'd put up three. Um, he seems to be much more consistent with Gino and, and they seem to get on really, really well. So, you know, age 30 for him to be the wide receiver 12 is is really, really impressive. Um, Chubb had 80 yards on 17 carries in Watson's return. And I can't decide really whether this is a promising sign or not for for Kyle and for, and for Chubb. Like getting the yards, getting the carries is good, but Watson was dreadful and... You know, I'm pretty sure most of us are pretty happy about that. Jake, obviously less so, but um, 12 completions for 131 yards. And he looked worse than that, to, to be perfectly honest. Clearly, yeah. he's really rusty. Um, hopefully, he just stinks uh, and, and all the talent has evaporated. Um, but if he can't pick it up, then where does that leave Chubb? You know, do they pivot to more of a run first offense and therefore he becomes good or or does it really limit Chubb? I don't it's hard, hard to say after one game, but if I was Kyle, I'd be a little bit nervous. Um, moving back to Jake, he was obviously hampered by that Watson performance um, and the Lamar injury. He got like eight points in total from his his quarterbacks, which is always gonna always gonna kill you. Um, and it's really rough to you know for a, a, a quarterback that's as important to the Ravens and to Jake's team to get uh, to get injured at this point in the season. The uh, we've talked a lot about the Lamar Mark Andrews connection and how important that is to Jake. Uh, Mark Andrews has been really good with Tyler Huntley um, in in the past, and so perhaps we will see a bit of a resurgence. But I mentioned it earlier. Mark Andrews since week seven has scored less fantasy points than Kyle Pitts, who has been dreadful and injured. Um, so I, I I don't know. I don't know what that overall means for Jake's team. It's, it's got to be a worry. And to Kyle's question earlier. Um, was I always going to bid uh, $360 for Tyler Huntley? Absolutely not. I don't need a, a quarterback. I've got them sorted. Just seemed like a really whammy thing to do. And even if Jake wasn't going to pick him up, just seemed, just seemed like the, the sort of thing that we should do in this league. So um, I'm glad I've got Tyler Huntley for him to rot on my bench. Uh, Jake Jake did say, he did send a uh, message to me to say that, to pass on that that was a real bitch move. It was a real bitch move, and I loved it, and I hope everybody else enjoyed it. I loved it as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, very good. I mean, yeah, I think the, the Jackson-Andrews connection skyrocketed Jake up the league in the first few weeks of the season. Like he was basically blowing teams away with that, just those two players alone. And obviously, Andrews' performances have, have really dialed down. And, and yeah, Jake has... Obviously, still probably one of the favourite teams to win, but it has it has started to shift back, and, and teams have started to close the gap on him. Um, like you say, losing both your quarterbacks. Well, you didn't lose 
his second quarterback. He lost his mind playing Deshaun Watson in the first place. I mean, a first game back, I don't know what what he was expecting. Like you, you at least see whether or not he can remember how to bloody play. He obviously can't. Um, and you know, with Heineke there on his bench, putting up twenty six points, it, it, that would seem the would seem the more kind of sensible option. Wouldn't have really made much of a difference. He just it was just kind of yeah, average performances right through his roster really. Whereas and for both teams, and just Kyle obviously had a couple of higher scoring, higher scoring players. He had Devontae, obviously, and then you know with two and and Tyler and Lockett as you say, but. With two quarterbacks that both posted good numbers, he was always going to beat Jake, really. So it's just yeah. unfortunate. But it just makes it a little bit more interesting for the playoff picture. Definitely. Uh, last matchup then was uh, you and uh, Mr. Rawlins, the Rawlins duo against Franco. It ended um, probably as as expected with a Franco win, 191 to uh, 146. Um, your thoughts on this one, mate? Well, I think it's quite clear that... Uh, Chris and myself have kind of given up on uh, our team. Um, there, there's disharmony in the in the locker room. We're just not we're not happy with some of the performances of some of our key players. We feel that they they're just basically holding out for high pay and just not putting in the performances that we demand of them. We will be having serious words um, and maybe making some some uh, high profile cuts in the end of the season. Um, <laughs> We, uh, uh, you know, we've as as is a weekly recur, a recurring theme of the podcast of going through the matchups about our reliance on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's still a fact. There's nothing we can do about it. We have tried to trade away these shit bags, and nobody will take them quite clearly. Uh, so we're stuck with them, and until Tampa Bay realise that they are a good side again, which I can't see happening. We're 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 in trouble. We've been we've been you know we've been hit with some pretty big injuries, but some of our just our biggest players are just not not performing, and we just we don't have reliable points every week from from really anyone bar Josh Allen, and even he didn't have the greatest game this week. Well, your you boy Alucon is is reliable. He is he is, and you know he. Put in 27 points this week and was our highest scoring defensive player. So great management putting slotting him back into the lineup <laughs> for all that it was worth. Um, yeah, the fact that we're playing Tom Brady, he's still, you know, he's still through 281 yards and his miraculous 13 point comeback. I mean, the guy's going to die soon. He's my age. Um, <laughs> but it's, you know, you, when you come up against Jalen Hurts, who's posted 42 points. Um, the the team that you're playing, you're you're already in trouble. And like we said, we've we've been talking about Pacheco, 21 points, it's more than any of our kind of our frontline running backs who we've got. So it's, when things like that happen, Aaron Jones getting injured obviously didn't help. He kept coming back into the game, so he's back and forth, but he didn't really ever get going. No, you know Michael Pittman is just a dumpster fire. Um, but the saving grace for this week. Two of the top tight ends of the week, both on our team. So uh, screw you, you tight end hating crew. We've got Taysom and Evan Ingram, monsters of the position. 22.34 points for the week. Screw you all. Um, (laughs) There's a lot more than you can say for Franco's tight ends, like that he effectively just survived this week. 
Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that you, you basically get a bye week when you play us. It doesn't matter. We can't tinker with our lineup to, to tank any more than playing our best players. And we tank because we're playing our, our best lineup. It's not like we've got, we're sitting on thousands of points on our bench. Um, yeah, I mean, Cole Komet, actually, we could have even improved at tight end. Played him. He just, he, he's, we, I mean, we are loaded at tight end. Let's just say that. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Franco's keeps him in the hunt, 15 urban. He's in amongst it. He's always been amongst it throughout the season. He's got a good team. He's obviously uh, Mr. Consistent. He outperformed himself uh, this week, pushing up towards 200 points, absolutely uh, at the balmy heights. But still, he massively still underperformed by 40 points against his predicted. So, you know, still, still, still on brand for uh, <laughs> Franco to not, not quite peak as high as he could, but did enough. Um, and it, what annoyed me was that the, the Murchison bonus this week was still really low because it was quite a low scoring week generally. And yeah. yet we still didn't get it because we're shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a bit of a lower week this week, wasn't it, with the Murchison bonus? But um, yeah. All right, good. That's a good review of this week's matchups. Uh, we'll move on and preview next week's matchups. Um, First matchup is uh, a critical one for me. Uh, I've got Val. Um, it's looking like it's going to be Val, but I mean, we've had that before, probably every single week. Um, with those running backs, he gets the massive projections and, and they never quite hit. Um, sometimes because of his team selection, sometimes it's just one of those things. Um, he could still make it into the playoffs, but he's got a lot that needs to happen in his favor. He's got a win, uh, win out and hope that some results go in his favor. So he's not completely done. Um, but it's going to be going to be a tough run for him. I desperately need to win as well. Uh, with Franco and Kyle playing each other this week, I could slide back into the playoff contention with, with one week left. Um, but I am two games behind, uh, or, you know, one game in a Murchie B, um, you know, so so we I really need that win. Um and you know, Val and can't afford to just just throw it away either. So it'll be an interesting matchup. Um I, I kind of looked down the lineups and I didn't see any obvious places where it could be won or lost. So, you know, we will see over the weekend who prevails in this one. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, that's the thing is Val's team, as with every Val team on paper looks like it could could really damage you and and score loads of points, but I don't know. He might make some last minute changes and and drop all of his players that actually score any points. Um, but well, I'm hoping yeah, I can talk yeah. him into starting Russell Wilson. That'd be nice. <laughs> Although he would, I mean, if he beat me with Russell Wilson, that would be a real dagger to the heart, wouldn't it? Now, if you wanted to talk ones, that would be the ultimate. Play yeah. Russell Wilson. He finally actually remembers how to play American football. Scores. 50, a 50 burger on you and ruins your season and keeps Val's playoff hopes alive. What a narrative. Somebody get Hollywood on the phone. Yeah, um, Russell Wilson throws like two touchdowns to Greg Dolchich and just ruins me. Exactly. Imagine the TV commercials. Um, yeah, I, it, it, I, think it's, I think it's a toss-up this week. Your team, you've been, you know, with a, you've got a win under your belt. I think it will, it will be close. I'd like to think this is going to be a close run thing and, 
I mean, it's, Val needs to get some big wins under his belt and actually get the Merchie B bonus to kind of keep him in contention and hope that some other teams above him don't get that bonus. So he's kind of clawing back extra wins. Um, but yeah, you need the win to keep yourself in uh, in contention, mate, definitely. Yeah. Um, next matchup then is Ed versus Steve. Um, hard to do the projections because Steve, uh, you know, he's a paid actor, so he's busy got other things to do but he hasn't sorted his lineup yet so um hard to say who's going to win here but you know you look at it fields on a buy you know um logan thomas on a buy is big you know it's, it's going to be tough so your thoughts on this matchup yeah i think obviously fields on a buy is is a big issue for um for steve he's been scoring points for fun mac jones is his only option as a replacement he, he could very well score. He, he, they're playing the Cardinals, so it's quite easy to score points on the Cardinals. So I think that that game will, could be reasonably high scoring. So he might he might be okay to play him. Um, I think Ed's probably got enough in his locker. If Jacobs is hampered by this injury and and they maybe limit his snaps. I know he was supposedly injured last week and he just yeah. goes and busts that 100-yard like running overtime um, and ran for about 770 yards and 12 touchdowns or whatever it was. Um, Stephen definitely just needs huge performances from his big players and then he needs his other kind of bit part players to kind of play a part um, and step up, which they didn't last week. Kenneth Walker could be injured again. He could also be hampered. I think he probably will play, but as a foot injury, it could aggravate. He could aggravate it. He could come out of the game earlier. So it's whether or not he kind of takes risk on P Ryan, but Mixon may well be back in in the swing of things because he'll probably be out of a concussion protocol. Um, so yeah, some some interesting selection choices for Steve. I think Ed's team pretty much picks itself yeah um and and if as long as all of his all of his main players perform as as you would expect them to i think ed will probably have too much and should probably win this and yeah, yeah i mean that will end steve's hopes i think steve if val's still got vague hopes of reaching the playoffs then steve obviously does as well with one more win under his belt but I think Ed will put in the nail in that this will be the nail in the coffin and uh, then it will just be a scrap for those top four places. Yeah, it, interesting. Ed, Ed's leaving Bobby Wagner in his um, in his IDP spot. He did so well last week. And of course, like, he'll be the linebacker that probably has to tackle Josh Jacobs 25 times. So that's probably a good a, a good kind of counterbalancing measure there for, uh, for Ed. Yeah, great yeah. point. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next matchup then Franco versus Kyle, uh, two playoff ones. And like I said earlier, um, you can see that one of these guys, I mean, if Kyle loses to to Franco, then I probably won't make it into the playoff spots anyway, because Kyle's point scored is so much better than mine. And that could end up being the tiebreaker that kills me. But if, if Kyle beats Franco this week, then I could easily slide in above him. And, and then we're into a really tense week 15. Uh, so this for me is like the absolutely the biggest matchup of the week. Uh, it's good looking like it's going to be a really, really close one. Their points projections, 226 to 214. Um, you know, the juggernaut QBs, Mahomes and, and Jalen Hurts. But 
like I said, there there are a few concerns uh, for for Kyle in his in his in his lineup with Nick Chubb not playing that well. Uh, James Connor's been good, but you never know what the Cardinals are going to produce. Notice Kyle's got some faith in James Cook now, who's um, who's been good for the Bills the last couple of weeks, and he's yeah, slid him yeah, into yeah. his lineup. And I think that's a that's a really good move uh, for him. He's been a bit active in his um, in his pickups around IDP players and is picking Dre Greenlaw uh, from the Niners this week. Uh, Dre's a, a, a great player for the Niners, not quite as kind of like IDP relevant as Bosa, but uh, still a good pickup. And and him versus Parsons is going to be a uh, good points fest. But I don't know. I, I can't pick which way this one's going to go. I still look down um, Franco's tight end lineup and want to vomit at Foster Moreau and Hayden Hurst. I suppose he can plug in Gerald Everett uh, in place of Hurst this week, but that could that could be the place that uh, that ends up costing him going up against the juggernauts of uh, Hunter Henry and, and TJ Hawkinson. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you, I think you bang on there. Um, if, I think the thing about um, like the lineup in both of these teams are there's a. A lot of players in there that are capable of scoring big points, but some but at points in this season have not done so. The likes of Dalvin Cook, Chubb. I mean, Chubb has sort of has fallen off his whether or not Watson is going to be a, a help to him, like as we as we've been talking about. You know, quarterbacks. It's just a slugfest on like the two best quarterbacks in the league. Um, Keenan Allen being back, Franco is a big deal. He's getting loads of, so he's like getting his targets. He's back. Obviously, Diggs, Chase. Franco is loaded with some really potential high scoring players, but then Kyle's not stepping in the league with the, with a highest, the highest points scored for no reason. He's got his own superstar player. So, yeah, this is a, this is a big, high octane. Uh, slugfest at the top of the table. I'm interested to see what happens, and um, yeah, it will it will really kind of define the the closing last week of the season. So, um, yeah, yes, may may the best man win. I love it for um, you know. For, I, I think Franco will really want to win this one because he's got Jake in week 15. Kyle may be slightly less worried because he's got you guys week 15. Well, so I mean, I wasn't going to say it, but I, I did I didn't know that. So it was kind of like, Kyle's got a bye, so Franco really needs to. <laughs> yeah. But then again, what? I mean, think of the story. Let's think of this narrative now. Kyle plays us in the last week and for somehow we, we rediscover our early season form and put like 280 points on the board and uh, and you get, you sneak into the playoffs because of it. I mean, what... Bucks Bengals that week could Bucks Bengals it could be a shootout you know forty points uh, Bucks aren't that up forty no. yeah that critical week going to be interesting I'm I'm really looking forward to next week doing all the playoff ramifications um, and just like looking at those lineups and seeing what could potentially happen um, yeah yeah cool um, right that's the end of the preview then and so all that kind of leaves us with is the Q and A section we don't have a lot of questions we actually missed one earlier on that we should have covered in the uh dolphins and niners uh breakdown uh valen put a question into the chat earlier which was basically which one of your two teams is most likely to win the super bowl i think it was or was it make the super bowl most likely to make it to the super bowl um no why it was what yeah why is your team more likely to make it to the super bowl than the other 
Um, but I'll make the case for the Niners. Um, the defense uh, is is the case that I'll make because defense does win championships. Um, and in the NFC, uh, the defense could could win out. You know, there, there's not enough good competition in the NFC uh, to 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 really scare me off. Like if the if the Niners end up playing uh, the Vikings, like brilliant, send Nick Bosa after Kirk Cousins and chase him into retirement. Um, uh, that that's you know the the case that I'll make. So that combination of ANFC being weaker and the Niners' defense being really really strong, um, uh, you know that's the only case I can I can really make for the Niners at this point when we've got our third string quarterback starting. What about you? What's the what's the case for the Finns? The case for the Finns, I would say, it's just the complete opposite side of the field, and it's the, it's the offense. And and Mike Daniel, he is you know he's a good coach. He's played some in very inventive schemes. He manages to find to get our wide receivers and get our talent open. And we've got a quarterback who has obviously has proven this season that he can hit those hit those uh, targets. He's accurate. We do score for fun. I think that it would be good if our new kind of defensive pieces really start kind of gelling. If we can get it on the other side of the field and actually kind of stop teams from scoring then if we score we can score on any side i think we've proven that and so we can score points against any team it's just stopping the points being scored against us if we can do that um if like players like xavier howard i mean that was his first interception this week for from the season and you know last season the season four it was he was just basically picking people off for fun. So if we can kind of get a little bit more on the defensive side of things, who knows? I mean, it's a long shot. The, as we say, the AFC is an extremely competitive, it's yeah. extremely competitive. It's, it's going to be difficult to kind of, to put, to get past the likes of the Bills and stuff. So yeah, putting a, yeah, putting we'll, a slightly ropey defense against Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, like that's, that's a, that's a really big ask. Um, yeah, it is. But we've gone toe to toe with all of them already. So, True. you know, and like we only you can argue that we lost against the Bengals. That was because Tua was out, was smashed yeah. in that game. And like we were down to our third string quarterback, Teddy Two Gloves is injured as well. So and we were it was neck and neck at that point and we'd beaten the Bills already. So who knows? Be interesting to see what happens when we play Buffalo again in the cold. People do. There is an argument that Tua can't play in the cold and. Perhaps that's true. He's a, he's a hot weather man. So there you go, Valen. A really compelling argument by Baker and massively underwhelming uh, argument for me. Just not feeling particularly confident rolling with your third oh, string quarterback. <laughs> Please do not, do not mistake this for me thinking that the Miami Dolphins are going to the Super Bowl. That is no. just my argument for why they might get there over the San Francisco 49ers. And also oh. the fact the 49ers have got Chud Brockhurst or whoever, whatever his name is playing a quarterback. Dave Bratthurst, I think his name is. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Niners uh, Finn's Super Bowl would be intense. Well, we would have to watch it together then. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to break my Super Bowl tradition of uh, watching it up here with, with the guys and just come and watch it with you. It'd it be, be but horrifying. <laughs> there's a long way to go for that to happen, mate. Yeah, absolutely, mate. <laughs> Cool. Uh, good wrap up. No other questions, I don't think, from the audience. Um, I'm sure we will have a lot next week heading into um, that kind of critical playoff matchup. Any final thoughts from you, Baker? 
Uh, no, it's just been uh, it's been good fun stepping in last minute. I hope uh, I hope Bal's feeling feeling better. He's a the good doctor. I hope he's you know prescribed himself some powerful drugs. Um, yeah, I think it's it's an exciting time to be sitting at the bottom of this pile, looking up and uh, dreaming of being involved in all the fun. Um, but me and Lawrence will just sit here and stupor in our own for like fester in our own sewage of turd. Good um, thing about Dynasty is there's always next year and your team will exactly, be stronger we've got from the first, those There's picks. no way that we're not getting the first, first picks. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got that first pick locked up and postseason, all of our players are available for trades. I think that Chris kind of threw me under the bus a little bit last week with this, uh, I'm not available for trading our players, which is incorrect. Um, I'd just like to point out, nobody has offered us anything for our players because they are a steaming heap of turd. So <laughs> I think we would we were listening to offers. I think we would have probably just given like a high five and a gooseneck reach around for um, <laughs> getting rid of Fournette. But, uh, not fab, yeah. though. No fab. I mean, that's just no. bullshit. <laughs> you've, you've, had, you've got so much fab left in your team. You were able to just pay $360 for, <laughs> for a one. Yeah, I loved it. Take the piss. Been saving all, saving my fab all season just for a piss take. It's great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thanks for joining me, mate. Uh, no worries. Until next week, let's ride.